When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Still having a look at slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Oh! Welcome to part two of Pat Nevin's chat with me, Andy Barge, on the Hand and Roar podcast. We pick things back up from where they were left with Pat discussing how he fitted into the Scotland setup in the late 80s and early 90s under Andy Roxburgh. My biggest problem at the time um, was I was seen as the, door, the, the kind of lock smith, as it right. were. So if you're against 10 people defending, so it's San Marino, it's Ferros, it's all of them, you know, loads of them. Yeah. Right, get a pal and he'll sort that out. <laughs> You'll be able to get in between them, he'll get penalties, he knows how to do yeah. that intricate stuff. And I'm thinking, I can do that against the others as well, yeah. you know. <laughs> I can do that against Holland, I can do that against Germany, I can, it's fine. I mean, I'm playing at the top level and I'm doing yeah. it against world-class players. Um, so that was, if, if I had any frustration, it was not getting enough time against the big ones. But, and we went from, just when I broke in, we started playing a three-five-two, which in reality was five-three-two. Mm. You'll notice something about five-three-two. There's no winger in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm getting a game, I'm either coming on late. So I, that's why if we play against the minnows, I'll get a game because there's a wing position there. Whereas if if it's three-five-two, I'm going to come on to change things late on, mm-hmm. or else I need to be one of the two up front. And as I said originally, we didn't have bad centre-forwards then. Yeah. So it was hard to break in then. But it didn't care. Still turned up. Still turned up all the time. When you, when you got your first couple of cards before Mexico in 86, did you hope that you might sneak in the back door for the tournament? Yeah, because I was playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was I was either player of the year or running up for player of the year every year with Chelsea. We'd come... It was one year where we were in the run to win the league. Mm-hmm. 
um, fell away right at the end we didn't have enough players um, we had a bad injury to the goalkeeper so we were right at the top edge so there's no reason why you shouldn't think but I knew the standard was high you know if you get Strachan for me Strachan's a brilliant player mm-hmm. um, you've got other world class players that, was, that, that were in front that were there but you're thinking no if I get mm-hmm. something that's different if I get something that might open up a defence yeah and maybe I did actually have something different I was the closest to a 10 Okay. But we didn't play with a 10. So, and then, of course, in Scottish people's eyes, they only ever seen me playing name games. So they thought, oh, there's that wee winger. Uh-huh. And I'm going, I don't play in the wing. <laughs> I'm playing with Chelsea and I, I ostensibly start in the wing. But the manager knows I don't play there. I play it every You end up just drifting in. So, I, you know, the, the Davis over rule now. Okay. So I did that. But when you play with Scott and they say, all right, could you stand out in the wing and go and beat people down the line? Yeah, if I must. <laughs> but, you know, you can do that. You can adapt. And if it's your country, you do it. And that was what it was. There wasn't necessarily a position for me a lot of time, but it still didn't stop me coming because if you need it for 10 minutes, those are 10 important yeah. minutes. Right, well, you're 28 caps, 15 starts. So 13 times you did come off mm-hmm. the bench, always ready, always yeah. willing to go on there, yeah? I had, a, I had a lot of concepts about this because I hadn't played many teams on the bench from my club. Mm-hmm. So I was always starting with my clubs, which is the same for every international. You got me set on the bench and you think, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> this is not where I live. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very weird thing that people always forget. You're not a bench player. Yeah. And then suddenly you're on the bench. But I had the attitude of, if you ever get any old footage of it, if you see me, I will be the guy that's behind the goals throughout the entire game with a ball. Just keep him keep, keep, keep him ready, keep him touched right. If anything happens and he has to make a quick decision, oh Pat's ready mm-hmm. and I might get another cap or I might be able to do something and I'm ready and I'm showing you the whole time I'm there I'm re- waiting for you Yeah. Um, and I, th- I hope some of the managers realised that 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 was what I was doing I had lots of technical things we had one or two cold nights <laughs> and what nobody else seemed to realise is that you never ever sit in a bench with your football boots on you don't do that football boots are cold you will come on with feet with blocks of ice <laughs> in a freezing night Especially if it's wet and cold. Don't do that. You warm up with trainers. Uh-huh. Trainers never get cold. So I didn't realise that. Yeah. Uh, people, people don't. There's lots and lots of little tricks. Where I kind of, and then there was another trick. <laughs> so you'd make the manager know. You'd warm up the whole time. You'd be ready at moments moment's notice. Um, you'd make sure you, that when you did get on, you were ready for it. Um, I also kept my dodgy boots hidden from the referee there. <laughs> Because I, I had different studs from everybody else. Mm. I used to use these very unusual studs, which were probably illegal, <laughs> um, to, which helped my tongue. Okay. Um, so I'd, I'd keep them hidden, things like that. So I'd, lots of things you do just to try and get that little, little bit of an edge. But it was just, I never ever, I can never remember thinking I don't want to go on. In fact, I never thought that in my entire career. I can never ever think I can't do anything. I always think I can, find, I can fix that, I can change that. Sounds arrogant. But it's not. It's yeah. just how you feel. Yeah, being self-assured. Yeah, and you believe in your ability. Uh, Roxburgh must have been a fan of yours then. Yeah, there was... I'll be honest with you, yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, he always kept to that under-18s. That was his breakthrough. And that we won that tournament. It gave him, within the SFA, of, oh, my mm. goodness, you can actually win things. Um, and it was... We've never... It's the only tournament we've ever... only major tournament we've ever won. You know, Scotland yeah. as a football team. So 
it really gave him the platform and the springboard and he never forgot it he also quite liked my work ethic but more than that he was completely and utterly besotted with skills right. utterly besotted with skills he'd spend when everyone was finished and training was finished he'd go out practice skills and flex and tricks Roxburgh <laughs> and it'd be me usually and I would say you ever try this one this is a cracker and show him these tricks and flex and I can remember once when we walked through Bern him and I we a ball <laughs> just kicking a ball at each other you know, teacher's just, pet yeah. Yeah, very much so but it was kind of more amazed yeah. you know and uh, he had a kind of respect for us because he's got an education background so did I okay. so we had kind of a lot in common we could talk about other things as well we met up when was the last time we met in Russia right, uh, okay. over in, for the World Cup there we, we were doing a game uh, we were quite I used to talk to him quite a lot about tactics because he was pretty up there with what was going on tactically right, with okay. the changes in the game he was as, as you can tell now he, he runs bloody tactics for UEFA or something <laughs> um, but we were at the game what game were we at semi-final of the World Cup in Russia there and uh, Roxy came up and I just what I'm doing commentary for Five Live at the time and he spotted me and we said hi and I said Martinez has got a problem hasn't he and he went yep and I went he said, what is it then? And I, I said, well, he can't play three at the back against, you know, he just can't play that against mm. the team he's playing against. You're, he's three at the back or two, they're too slow. They'll get absolutely murdered. He's going to find a way, but if he plays four, he's taking away something of his team. And I said, well, what's he going to do? And I said, he's got to go four, mate. And he went, well, we'll see. So the team walks out, and a minute into the game, turned around each other went, four. <laughs> but what Robbie had actually done is he'd done the hybrid, a hybrid four-three. So when they were defending, it was an absolute four. But when they were attacking, it became a three. Okay. So it was, really, it was, it was quite clever. Um, but so the tactical thing we've always t- talked about. But yeah, maybe to some degree teach us bet. But in reality, he didn't give me that many games. So not that much of a pick. Because you were the locksmith? Mm, yeah, I think, I think when push came to shove with Andy, I don't think he trusted us as much as we trusted ourselves. Right. I take it back to Euro 92. We're in a pretty tough group. Yeah. We've got Germany, we've got Holland with Van Basten and Rijkaard and Hullet. And of course you're going to play 5-3-2. You know, you're going to play really tight. And I'm thinking, let's have a go with them. And I'm sitting on the bench and I'm thinking, honestly, we've got to have a go with them. It doesn't matter. They're just names. <laughs> and, and I'm looking around at all the players we've got and I'm thinking, we're good. And Gary McAllister, the top player. Like, look at it. We're all, yeah. This is top quality players that are playing <clears> at the highest level in Scotland and England. Just believe in us. And we got a 1-0 defeat at Holland. I remember thinking, I didn't get on. I'm thinking, we should have had more ego at them. And they were playing against Germany and it's the same again. We're 2-0 down at half-time. And he just said, sort of, go for them. Uh, he brought me on, um, but he just said, go for them. Just go. We battered them. Really? We absolutely battered the living daylights out of Germany in the second half. How we didn't score is beyond me to this day. They, they were just being German. Um, and we just, because we, we, we had no fear of anybody. I mean, the guy I was playing against was one of the most famous defenders in the world at the time. Who's that? I think it was Hobos. So he said, you can defend. It's Bremer. Andreas oh, Bremer. Yeah. So, I, I, I got the ball first time and I twisted tongue and bile and I thought, 
That was easy. But of course, he, he'd only ever been an attacking fullback in Germany because mm-hmm. everyone sits back and just gets yeah. attacked. Nobody would ask him that question. So maybe, and remember the next game we're playing against Russia, who was top team, and he just said, right, go at them. They battled them. Three-nil, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the funny thing is, I was actually also playing with a broken foot. Right. A broken leg. Broken fib. Honestly. I mean, either way, it's quite it alarming. <laughs> it was great. Um, I couldn't kick the ball more than about 30 yards, but I could dribble without right. pain. So there's, if anyone ever watches it, we get the third goal, I get a penalty. I get the ball just outside our 18-yard line and dribble the entirety of the field, go around, I think it was Kuznetsov, and go into the box and get filled. Because I couldn't pass it. Because <laughs> it was too painful. <laughs> Not because I was being greedy or I wanted a big, mazy dribble. <laughs> It was, everyone was making these runs 40 yards off. I'm never going to reach that because <laughs> of this breaking my right leg. Uh, and I'd broken it uh, playing for Scotland over in the USA, against the USA. And, uh, that was your first goal, wasn't it? I don't know if it was the first one. Uh, let me see. First, yeah, first goal for the USA. Yeah. So um, that's my most, that, that's just my best goal. The reason being, A, it was a cracker, <laughs> but B, more importantly, it's in a movie. <laughs> what movie? Um, if you have not seen this and if anyone listening hasn't seen this watch the film it's called So I Married an Axe Murderer So I Married an Axe Murderer yes okay I had definitely have not seen it right okay so what happens in this one you've heard of Mike Myers so he yes. had Wayne's World and then he also had Austin Powers mm-hmm. and in the middle of that he did another comedy called So I Married an Axe Murderer which is a kind of almost an art house version of a comedy but it's very funny and a brilliant Scottish character in it. Okay. Because he always had fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's the dad, it's basically his dad who's kind of Scottish, playing, he's playing himself. But there's this one brilliant scene, it's the best scene in the movie. And his son's standing away at the telly, and they're in America or Canada, and he's going, hey, Heed, get out of the way. He's calling his son Heed. Now, for American audiences, they must be thinking, what? <laughs> for us, we're going, yeah. And he's, the son's got ginger hair or spiky yeah. or kind of curly like an afro he'd get that gargantuan noggin out the way of the telly because there's a game going on in the background and then there's a goal 1-0 to Scotland <laughs> for USA by heaven <laughs> my goal so this best scene in this great movie I scored the goal in the background you don't see me you just see the caption coming up Scotland won USA you know, that was my immortalised that was my claim to fame <laughs> Um, so I got in, but I'd broken the ankle that, uh, broken the leg that day, but played on because I could. I knew how to tape it up, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a smash break up. It was just cracked along the side, but it was very painful. But once again, it's your country. You do it. I mean, there's through the pain barrier. Then there's there's no. That. But I've done, that's quite common. That's, yeah. I've played in lots. I played for Kamarnock where he uh, smashed in cheekbone. I'd, I completed the whole thing. Half of my face had disappeared. So they had to click it back out again, and I played three weeks later. Oh. You're supposed to leave it eight weeks, and I played three weeks, no mask, and I just played. I see, I don't like the thought of that at all. No, but, but I'm also a quick healer. <laughs> um, just going back to Euro 92 briefly, I know it was such a hard group, and at that point, the tournament only had eight teams in mm-hmm. it. So did, was that viewed differently to the ones in the 70s and 80s, where it wasn't a missed opportunity, or did you still see it that way? Um, by that stage, I think... Most of the guys playing me, and certainly me, I don't care who you are. I have no care or consideration who you are. We can beat you. Despite the reigning European and 
Germany won 90, could, didn't they? They were in your group. Care less. <laughs> the reason why that that sounds arrogant, but you think at the start of the career with Chelsea, we're playing against Liverpool, who are probably the best club team in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. There's no point in being scared of them. You've got to go and beat them, which we did sometimes. So why be fearful of anyone? You know, so from the outside it looks like, now you knew Fluid was great, you knew Van Basten was a very good player, but Rijkaard, great players. But they're only guys. They're only people. I've never been fearful of anyone. Now, not everyone's the same. Not every football is the same. But if I go out thinking and the guy I'm playing against is better than me, I have no chance. But I never, ever walked on a football field thinking, when I played some, against some great, great players, yeah. um, I can never remember thinking, well, I've done you, or... Well, maybe once. There was one guy I beat once and I thought, hey, I beat him. Because the best defender was McGrath, Paul McGrath. Right, okay. He was just a, he was just an unbelievable machine. And you never seen him get beat. You'd, you'd go season after season, no one could buy him. Um, and I remember once doing him against my... He was United team and I'd done a couple of ducks and I'd done him. And I got to buy a lane and I scooped over the whole, just skipped everybody in Mickey Hansen and smashed it in. Um, it was a real cracker of a goal. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I beat McGrath <laughs> in the midst of it all. But everything else other than that, you're playing against world-class players. There's no point in thinking anything else other than, no, I'm good enough to beat you. It, it sounds terribly arrogant, <laughs> and I wasn't arrogant off the field at all. But as soon as I'm on the grass, nah, don't care. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Um, do you look back fondly though at the Euros because you're saying at the start of the podcast yeah. you just wanted one cap mm. you ended up representing Scotland in a major championships mm. for the full, full team no I, no there's not no I, I didn't think that way at all I thought we'd get beat that was it you're a winner then I just wanted to win yeah, yeah. So I'd like to also I'd like to play my best which I couldn't do I played alright but I couldn't do my very best because of this break Um Playing time was limited anyway. Yeah, so I remember when I was on the pitch, I'd done well. Um, but, you know, I, I, I believe I could have done much better. And I found international football much easier than domestic football. It's much more suited to my style. Um, you've got a number of things going there. You're, you're playing as technical players. If you're a technical player, that helps. Um, you've not got so much of the hit and run football, which, you know, bang, 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 mm-hmm. bang. You're not getting that international. You're getting something that would suit me. Um, like for the first time for the last six or seven years this is the first time ever I've thought right the game would actually suit me now right. it's taken all that time from when I was playing it's now this would have been a better time for me because the type of players that I am now flourish in mm. the modern game but you know you, you can't help being born um, but I still want to be a winner and not getting through we beat remember we beat Russia 3-0 and that was a strange one because afterwards, Roxy said, like, go over and applaud the fans, because there was a massive contingent of talent army there. And we were celebrating, it was great. And I'm looking at Gary Mack, and I'm going, are you beat? <laughs> and he's going, yeah, what the hell are we doing this for? Well, we're doing it to thank the fans. Yeah. But there's no smiles. We're not smiling. It's not exactly a claim. No. It's, well, as it's, 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 thanks. And they're all jumping about, and it looks like celebrations. And we're going... Nope. No. No. Nah, I suppose that, that's maybe, if you're saying you're such a, a winner deep down, it's maybe compounded when you see Denmark going in and lift the trophy. Go on by there. Don't care. Didn't care. Not knowing, oh, maybe. Yeah, I, maybe I, it could I, have I been don't us. even know what happened after that. We're out. Don't care. <laughs> it, says, it sounds horrible, sounds selfish, but we, were, we went there to do well. And we're out. I, I was 
I couldn't even tell you where I was when that game happened. I was probably in a Greek island somewhere with my girlfriend. You know, just sort that. <laughs> Gone. Um, in retrospect, maybe. Um, maybe we weren't good enough to win it, but we were good enough to, to give people a really good rattling. And we were a good enough team then. I thought, well, I thought we were. And we, we came really close quite a few times, but as we all know, <laughs> we had it written in their contracts yeah. that we had to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went through a bit of a purple patch, I suppose, with goals at one stage in the 90s. I think you got four and six mm-hmm. against Malta and then a couple more against uh, San Marino, I think. Estonia. Estonia, that's right, sorry. Um, did you really feel that that might kickstart? Things I know you were probably late 20s at, at Well, that, that, that was probably my best football then, yeah. um, that I played my career. Uh, by that time, I'd moved to Tranmere. Now, I'm not... The triple I've got then, I'm now at the best... Playing my best football I've ever played. The Premier League had started and got, had gone pure power plays. I hated the Premier League at that time. I'd just left and the Premier League started. That's why I'm not hanging about in a Lamborghini. Um... <laughs> So I went and played for Tramway. I had, chased, I had chances to go elsewhere. I could have went to Galatasaray and all that really? sort of stuff. But I played football because I love playing football. And I'd been on loan to Tramway for a month to get myself fit because I'd fallen out of the Everton manager. And uh, I just realised they were brilliant. It was a brilliant team. Okay. I can remember that year. The first year we went up and played Kilmarnock, who just won the Scottish Cup. Murdered them. <laughs> <laughs> we beat them 5-0. And we weren't even trying. It was a right good team. We had internationals all John Aldridge was playing and the the players that were, the youngsters that come through all went on to play Premier League. It was a brilliant, brilliant team. I knew how good they were and I thought we could get Premier League. But then I've started scoring a lot more goals because I was allowed to play much more central again. So that season I think I had nineteen or twenty nineteen goals I scored okay. that season. So I knew I was playing at my best. But trying me rovers. And if you're a Scotland journalist, you're not going well, we got Tramier Rovers play a plane. And I'm thinking, but I'm playing the best I've ever played. <laughs> and I'm top of my game. And, and it was just a shame that it happened at that time, you know. But it's, it's nobody's fault. It was harder, maybe harder to get games back in the times of the Glish and yeah. Cooks and all them. It's hard. It was bloody hard. Great really good game, great really good players. Also, at that time, you might remember there was more teams started coming on. I mean, there was no Estonia when I started, but there was then, you know, and the, it was expanding a bit. There was more international, so okay. there's a wee bit more space and time to get it. But I was playing then, and there was one game, and I, oh, I wish I could remember which tournament it was. Uh, I think it was three tournaments where I played just before, dropped for the tournament, and then played straight after it. Right, okay, yeah. Um, so that happened, obviously, in, for Mexico in the 86. Maybe qualifying for Italia, eh, not Italia, yeah. USA 94 maybe? And Italian 90, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, that was that was kind of... The Italian 90 was understandable because I'd just come back for a cruciate injury, but I'd scored the win on the FA Cup final and I was... on the FA Cup semi-final mm-hmm. and I was back playing really well. Um, <laughs> it was a great story about Sir Alec. Sir Alec phoned me up in 86. Mm-hmm. And I played against England, we could beat 2-1. Well, I'd done all right, but... And uh, he phoned me up. I'm not telling the whole story, but he phoned me up to say, look, I'm not going to take you, um, but you're first in the list. If you've, you've done everything right, you've worked hard, your attitude's been perfect, um, but we've got strike and all that sort of stuff. So anyone gets injured, anyone pulls out, you're next on the list. And I said, look, thanks for phoning. You didn't need to phone. Um, I'm honoured that you thought of me. Go and take Scotland. Try and do the best for Scotland. You've 
I'm, I'm a fan now. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm a fan. And he's, he was like, well, that's good. I love that attitude. Anyway, so I get trained the next morning and, uh, at Chelsea. And there's David Speedy. He walks up and goes, are you in the squad? I went, uh, no, no. He goes, Ferguson phoned me up last night. He said, if anyone gets injured, your attitude's been great. <laughs> <laughs> told him where to go and I'm like I was going to say to Speedo he said the same as me and I went oh, you never know Speedo you might yeah. I'm thinking you've no chance now because you've just slaughtered him so anyway Kenny did pull out that year yeah, with the whole Hanson thing allegedly yeah he brought, so Kenny did pull out and uh, he took a heart chipotle <laughs> I didn't I thought it was I thought it was brilliant on my phone yeah. I, mean, he didn't, I don't think you should need the phone but he did he was professional he was right about it so it was that so there was other things where I thought I should have been in squads. But my attitude is, and was, and is, and always will be, um, do you know what? If it's tight between me and somebody else, really, really tight, give it him. Why? I want to be better. Okay, interesting. Absolutely, if it's tight between me and him, give it him. Do you I, want I, to be I want the be clear selection? I, I think I should be clearly the best. And if I'm not clearly the best, then give it him. And I always felt that. And so I, I was never... Those championships that I missed, um, it's hard to explain to people, but remember my background, I've come into football from an odd way. I wouldn't sit looking at the games and go, I wish I was there. I'd be sitting in a beach or traps around Europe with my pals, and I'd be having Retsina and having a laugh, and running along the beach, of course, (laughs) but I'd keep myself fit. But it wasn't an attitude of... if If always the attitude was, that's my fault. I should have been better. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have been able to turn me down. Even though it can sometimes come down to well, opinions, I suppose, of... Oh, it always does. But the, the opinion... You don't leave Maradona out, do you? No. There's not an opinion there. It's, if you're right good enough, if you're obviously good enough, and that was my attitude, is you have to be obviously good enough. Um, Make yourself undroppable, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, it's, and that was my attitude towards it. And it's back to that whole thing was, and, and I'm a fan now. If I'm not playing, I'm a fan. And, you know, that's, that's a lot. There's that's a good few players like that. You know, there's more than you think. But there's a lot that are random now. And that doesn't make them wrong. It's just a different way of looking at it. You mentioned uh, playing against England there in the mm. 80s. When you look back to the games you took part in against mm. them and the, the ones you, you didn't take part in, was there much between Scotland and England? No, there, no there wasn't. They were... No, I, I don't think there was, no. We, we lost both that I took part in. But the second one didn't count. The first one was a tough one down at Wembley. It was 85. Mm-hmm. And they had a really strong side. I mean, and, but then I thought we were too. And I come on a sub. There was that moment down in the corner. I had Terry Butcher marking the old cousin. Oh, that, that's that's out now, isn't it? <laughs> He's my cousin. Butcher, is he? Yeah. Is he your cousin, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Big secret for a long time. <laughs> anyway, so through marriage. But anyway. Yeah. Put the ball into me, and I'm an 18 yard box. And I, I've got him exactly where I want him. He's on my back, and I'm thinking, you're never going to turn like me. And I've played against him often enough. Mm. He was an absolute shit time. I was Chelsea. I've dumbed him. I've got by him easy. So I know I'm going to get by him. I didn't even think about it because Terry's great, but he's not going to be able to mark me out there in that sort of area. So I've dumbed it. And as I go, he's caught me. I've kind of stumbled a bit, and. But I've carried I've got good bars, I never dive. And I got the ball and I laid it back and I think Big Ray came smashed over the bar. So we give it two one 
and we right, we right, we got really close to them near mm-hmm. the end because we were two 0 down, and then we got bites two one, and we really rattled them down at Wembley, and uh, walked down to the dressing room afterwards, and Alex said, went around the team, and then he went, hey, "Did Butcher catch you?" I went, "Ah, yeah, but I was able to keep my balance and." Uh, um, yeah, that wasn't the right thing to do, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and I got worse than the the, the hairdryer. I got the silence. I got the for not going down far. Well, he didn't say anything. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he didn't look particularly happy at that moment in time, and that, that, it's that big moral dilemma. I never ever died, never. And if you try and hit me, I'll strain my feet. I, I just won't do that. And I, I always stuck by that rule. I used to play eight hundred and forty games and never do it. Um, Never showed any pain, just don't care. Hit me as hard as you like, I'll come back. But then, if your country's depending on you. <laughs> and maybe he thought in that moment, if we're playing in Mexico and he gets brought down the box and we need, he needs to get in. Yeah. And maybe he was right. But that just happens to be not who I am. And maybe that was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe Strachan's a better player. You know, who knows? Um, but it was a funny one. And the funny was that the f- after the game, I remember walking out after the game thinking, Gutted, and I lived in London at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Team buses. I have no waiting for that. So I get tube home. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a perfectly normal thing for a guy. Yeah. Can you imagine it now? Playing the Scotland England game, going, oh, I'll just get a tube. Yeah, just <laughs> snog grass off and back yeah, over to East London. Because <laughs> <laughs> I. Just be all over Twitter in five minutes. Well, exactly. And I, I did. I travelled by tube crap, but I, I, I didn't see any reason why not to. Yeah. You started to score against San Marino November '95. That was your second last appearance for Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think I've I've got here. All right, now that may be one. That may be '95. Mm-hmm. November '95. Right. right, so that would that would be one that come close to annoying me. Because if that's the one I remember, it's a Hamden's of five we won by. Yeah, it was a comprehensive right one. five right. So I've scored one. I think I've made three. Right. I have then scored another one, which was ruled out for offside, uh, which the replay showed was clearly not offside. So basically, she scored two, made three, mm-hmm. and had a blinder. Hoofed. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I've done everything I could do, and it only was San Marino, but I just thought, actually, I'm in really you good You can only beat who's in front of you. I, and I was in really good night, and I was really thinking, I think I'm... And, I, and that was the one, maybe... I thought, ah, that's a bit unfair. But see, that surprises me because you mentioned that you had a good relationship with Roxby. He mm-hmm. had an educational background, so Craig Brown, he was a, yeah, a college teacher. Did, well, did he, you he, got he, he brought yeah. me back into football, Clyde. <laughs> so I had a closer relationship with Craig than I had with Roxby. Were you really close yeah. with Craig? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. still. Um, um, but, you know, I, again, he's my make decisions. And when I wasn't in the squad, I don't think he phoned me up, but I just took it. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, well, I can't do much more. I really can't. And then I think, so remember is, thinking is, to him, that might have been a wee bit political. There might have been a Celtic or a Rangers player that was being pushed right, before okay. me and I'm playing down there and the Tranmere Rovers thing. That might have been a thing. But I remember thinking, I don't think I've done anything wrong there. And what was the biggest funny gutter about <coughs> of it all? So that's 96. So that's mm-hmm. in England, right? Play So I'm still... I mean, I don't, that's November, I don't, did I, is that my last game or second last game? Uh, November 95, San Marino, and then your last game against Australia, uh, which I think must have been some kind of warm-up for the Euros or something. So like wait, that. I still think I've got a chance again. Yeah. I should probably get in the squad, right? 
imagine the situation. It's the English Player of the Year and the chairman of the PFA in England. Okay. So each year we got a special guest. And Gordon Taylor and I, would, one year we got Kenny, and one year we got Terry Venables, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, Pat, this is your last year, because I said to him, I was going to stop after, and he goes, who would you like? It's the guest who I then need to take care of the whole night. So I have to spend the whole evening with this person. And I went, oh, I don't know, I don't really mind. And he goes, well, how about Pelly? <laughs> and I went, I'd do. <laughs> He'd be all right. He goes, we'll get Pelly then. I went, Sure. Anyway, the ball Pelly turn. We get Pelly, and Pelly comes. So I now have to meet Pelly at three o'clock in the afternoon, take care of him for the whole day, sit beside him for the entire night, yeah. talk the entire evening, and by the end of that night, we are best mates. Yeah, absolute best <laughs> mates. I was worried there. I thought you were going to go on and say it was a chore. <laughs> no, we absolutely. First of all, Pelly. The first thing it really gets you about super intelligent. Okay. That's the thing that no one ever says. Really intelligent guy. Um, heart absolutely in the right place for everything. Um, but he was so keen because he'd been a sports minister in Brazil. Right. And he'd done various other jobs as well. So he knew about structures and how organisations work. Now I'm chairman of the PFA. So he was saying, how does it work? And I was explaining to him. And he said, well, that's amazing. We've not been for that in Brazil. And I said, well, now, this is how pension schemes work. And I explained how actuarial valuations of pension schemes are complex stuff, really. And he's like, wow. And then he's asked me really good questions. And we've gone right into the depths of this. And then by the end of the evening, I mean, it's really weird. Pelly says to me, come over and stay with me in Brazil. Um, you know, <laughs> and we can organise the PFA over there. And I said, well, it's really kind, but you should get Gordon Taylor to do it. He's the guy who does all the the leg work and that sort of stuff and apart from this I'm still playing and he goes oh yeah you're still playing and he said oh I'm coming to a game quite soon and I said what game's that he goes well I'm, I'm going to be doing the Scotland v England game and uh, in the Euros okay. I am going to be the guest of honour I went I might be playing <laughs> I went really and I went yeah um, he goes oh if I'm walking along the line and when I see you I will give you the biggest hug as all friends <laughs> And I'm thinking, I don't really want to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it to anybody <laughs> at all. Okay, how good would that look? Billy, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> shake hands, shake hands. Oh, Pat, okay. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been the funniest bit of footage in history. Anyway, that's another reason why I was disappointed I never got to 96. But that, funnily enough, 96, um, the positive side of that is I did media then. Mm-hmm. And I started working in media after that, and really started after '98 doing playing and doing media yeah. and doing all things as well. Yeah, you must look back at it though, considering that again, I we were so close, but it would have been nice con- considering you were coming into your well, mid 30s at mm-hmm. that point. It would have been nice maybe to sign off at that mm-hmm. tournament if you had made an appearance. I think it was the early 30s, maybe. maybe maybe so I was still playing well, but my yeah. stable game wasn't about extreme pace or anything like that it was about you know creating space it mm-hmm. was about seeing passes it was you know there was it morphed as well as the game anyway there you go I wasn't obviously clearly better than the other guy so mm-hmm. you shrug your shoulders and go on but um, do, do you wish you'd known your last appearance for Scotland was going to be your last one no I didn't no I didn't, it didn't matter I can get back to that one I, I got one so it was 28 maybe the disappointing one was I think I might have been thrown into a beating game after that. Right. Or somewhere at Dens or somewhere like that. 
and realising I can't win this. If I play brilliantly here, it's only the beating. If I play garbage, that's an excuse to hoof me. I remember thinking beforehand, I know I'm probably not going there because I'd been really, and I'd never been. And there weren't that many B matches over the years. And I thought, no, nah, that's it. That's so, but you know, hey, you go on, still had lots of time left in my career. You had three or four years left in my career. You know, so I, I was just enjoying playing football. I never expected to get any time as a full-time professional footballer. And that was me 15 years into it and still lots more fun to have. How do you reflect overall then on the, the 10 years or so that you spent as a Scotland yeah. international? I know, I'd, I'd like to have played more. I'd like to have played against... Uh, more, uh, the better players more often um, but it kind of doesn't matter you know I play for my country um, there are moments that you know I, I created a lot more goals than I scored so you know, people say oh you scored X amount of goals that's really good actually I was about creation <laughs> and I created a lot more goals and there were some important ones I managed to get a lot of penalties for as far I wasn't diving I just made sure that I manipulated situations you took me out um, and there was quite a few that were in, in, in different ways important uh, there probably was a, that Estonia game when we beat them 3-1 and one of the few times I was started up front Right. so started up front for Scotland it's at Pataudry I've scored two and made one so I thought well that, that I, I could show to myself hey I can do that yeah. and I, I played often with, well all my teams have played centre forward at various points in time as direct centre forward uh, but that night I been started as one of the myself and Kevin Gallagher I think it was up front um, and it was nice to be trusted in that uh, I can remember being exhausted beyond belief because it was in the middle of June that game but scoring two for Scotland winning was a pretty damn good goal <laughs> and so I'd kind of chipped a heap um, always nice so that, uh, maybe that but there's lots of good ones but in the end like everything it's about winning you know, and I love the creation, I love doing all, all that stuff, but for my country, even much more than my club, for my country, it was about trying to make us win. Um, and we, in the end, we never got, be, we got, I helped get us into a few competitions by my little bit of mm-hmm. uh, making and scoring a couple of goals. Um, but we never got beyond that, that phase, which was always the thing that we want to do as Scotland. And the first thing to do that will be fantastic, but it's, it's not looking very close at the moment. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on the national team just in a few minutes. I like to finish the looking backstage of the podcast just with a few quick fire questions. So just like one more answer as as short as you can. Uh, who is your toughest opponent in an international jersey? Me. <laughs> Always yourself. So if you if you've got your head in the right place, you can do anybody. That's it. Okay. Simple. Moving on then. Who is your most talented Scotland teammate? Ah. <sighs> I'm not going to say most talented, I'm going to say the person I've enjoyed playing with most and I hardly played with them at all. But I had a, a telepathic understanding with Joe Collins. Right, and okay. And we didn't get to play together that often. But JC would have been... And I had a chance to join Celtic when JC was there and Paul and that. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I, did, I didn't go. It didn't go through whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, it would have been brilliant to play with JC because how, him and Tam Boyd and all the rest of it, we had great understanding. How would you have fitted into the team with Collins? Well, that was particularly that game in Estonia. I was up front, Collins left right, midfield, okay. and we just complete and utter telepathy. I mean, he was, him and I, I, I would say that with JC as well. JC would be better in the modern game than he was then. Right, okay. Like myself, style wise, we would be much better in this game. 
What is your biggest regret looking back? I don't have any. I don't, I've, I've, it's not that type of person. I don't have regrets. Um, no. I've done that. My, it, it would have been scoring one. I scored one penalty. I took one penalty for Scotland. I scored it. Had I missed that, I'd have been gutted. <laughs> but I didn't. No, no regrets. No. Oh, maybe if I could have got out of the way of that tackle by Dominic Kinnear, Kinnear in the USA game, which left me with a break that I then had to play with. Mm-hmm. If I could have played in that tournament, absolutely 100%, because that was more than the tournament, that would have been brilliant. So maybe I could have... Took that injury, yeah. That injury, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the one moment playing for Scotland that you'll never forget? Mm. God. This, is always oh, the one, this is always the one that they stumble over. Yeah. No, I'll take that chip against Estonia. Yeah. Some finish. I need to. Uh, but hey, help. left foot, man. The whole <laughs> works, man. And it was JC and I played it together, and it was just uh, the, the Pum was a good goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper playing in the Premier League at the time. Yeah. And I was playing up front. I was just thinking, there you go. I can do it. Brilliant. Okay, let's touch on the current setup. Then it's been a fairly encouraging start, I think, for Clark. We've got the important win v Cyprus. We've got. Uh, the big games coming up against Russia and Belgium. Do you think that we're going down the right road with this appointment? Uh, no, Stevie Clark's the perfect, perfect appointment. You can't get any better than Stevie. Uh, would have been nice to have even given it a while back, <laughs> as in four years ago, five years ago maybe. But we had Strack at the time, and I think Strack was doing a good job. Um, but you won't get any better than Clark. As a technical manager, you won't get any better. Sensible manager, you won't get any better. Guy with deep knowledge of how to get the best out of limited resources, you won't get any better. He's the top of the tree, technically. So you've got the right guy. It's taken a while. Um, I met up, I went down to Rugby Park, met up with Stevie just before the end of the season and we had a, a good long chat about a number of things. I was interviewing him for a World Service programme that I do. Um, and I was thinking at the time, he might get a Celtic job, you know, mm-hmm. he could be there. And I thought, I didn't think he would take the Scotland job. I, I don't know why, but he wasn't, he gives away nothing, you know, mm-hmm. Stevie, he gives away nothing. Uh, but I just didn't think he would take it, because I think there's other jobs that would grab him now. You know, after Kelly there, had a, prem- a championship club come in, it would have made perfect sense. Yeah, well, I think he'd made up his mind, hadn't he, that he was going to be leaving Kilmarnock so, and then uh, Scotland yeah. came uh, along at the right exa- time. Exactly. So yeah. he didn't say those words to me, but I took that. Yeah. He'd done a great job and, you know, that's fine. Um, but can you get any better than Stevie? No. So, but then I would have argued you can get much better in, in uh, Strike. I think Strike maximised the potential of that group. I would have kept him at the time yeah, for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and I was saying that on air because I was one of the BBC at times saying, well, we get rid of him, but you're not going to get anybody that's going to do any better. Mm-hmm. If you get rid of him, make sure somebody's going to come in and be much, much better. Don't make that decision before you do that. And and the thing I've been saying for years and years and years and years to people, and, particularly, and it doesn't go down well in the media, maybe that's why I don't get a lot of work here, it's not the manager. If it was a manager, you'd have to believe every single one of them. And they've all, not all been rubbish, have they? I mean, all the way back to Jock, they've not all been rubbish. They've not got us by a certain level. And even the more modern ones who haven't yet got us to competitions in the last couple of decades, you know, have they all been that rubbish? Is it the manager? So are you suggesting then? It's the players? I know, it's not, enough, not enough good enough players. Okay. It's simple. It's not complicated. Even now when you look through the, the squad? Good, good enough to qualify for a major tournament? For this group? 
from the, the group that we're in. The, no, the group of players that we've got. Yeah. In this group, with you, you live in the world of the real. The world of the real is the group that we're in, and the group that we're in, oh, that looks a long shot to me. See, Even I, th- Lee Clarkey. I think we've got a better chance of getting through the group than we do the playoffs. Uh, I think both of them are incredibly unlikely. But you know, I'm, I'm supporting. I'm hoping mm. Clarkey might do something spectacularly great in the rest of it. But um, I would be surprised if we get. If, but, if, but I hope we do. If, if, and it is an if, if we beat Russia in our next game, it's game on. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, possibly. But it's a big one. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a huge we, game. What we haven't got now, and we have, once again, a couple of games into it, we have no wriggle room. At all. We have no what, sorry? Wriggle room. Ah, yeah, we have no ability to have an unexpected draw against somebody. <laughs> we can't do that. So that's a lot to ask. That's a massive amount to ask with home and away games to come. Um, you almost have to maybe get four points off Russia. Yes, I think so. You know, and that's, that's a hell of a Tall order. It's yeah. a huge amount to ask. Yeah. So, realism, standing back, you know, if anyone can do it, Clark, you can. Like some of the things I see in the team. Um, but let's be honest about it. I think people got back right away. Stand back, have a look. What happened? in the first game of this <laughs> competition. I know it's a different manager, but it's the players. I know it's a terrible pitch that you should never be allowed to play football in, but I shouldn't say that to people who support Kamara. <laughs> um, but you shouldn't play international football now. Um, if you're saying it's the players, then what? No, the players don't. It's not the players. Sorry, not the players. It's you've not got enough good right, enough okay. players. Okay. It's not the players. You've not got enough good enough players. Why have we not got enough good enough players? Well, We've not had enough good enough players for 20 years. So where well, does you, the you responsibility have to look for below. that? Line? You have to look below. Yeah. Are we coaching enough through it? Are we have got a technical coaching system put together that's brought enough through it? The answer is no. We, are, we may well now be punching at the correct weight for the size of a nation we are. But I think we're punching slightly below the weight we should be because others seem to get up there and have a yes. real knockout punch. The Irish do it now and again, not very often. Northern Irish once in a blue moon do it. Wales do it once in a blue moon. We've not had that blue moon yet. We should be able to do that once in a blue moon and get there. And you've just got to look at Croatia and things like that. There's a vast majority of reasons for it. If there was one simple reason for it, we'd have figured that one out a long time ago. <laughs> and there's a vast... one of the, Certainly one of them... Um, I can't say anything about Project Brave because it's not had time to provide. So what Malky's doing in that, I cannot tell you if that's right or wrong because I've no idea. Mm-hmm. We will find out in six, seven, eight, nine years' time, right? But before that, that hasn't brought together. And from an outsider's point of view, if I was, if it was me who was trying to run it, I would have been looking at the German model. What did the Germans do after their disaster? They got the clubs all together. They all bought in. Now, we've been rubbish with our um, the standard of and quality of facilities we've had for our kids all over the years, for forever. Now, it's not the only thing, but it's one of the things. They need to be able to have more time to be able to practice. Um, there needs to be a, way, a better way of streamlining it. We've tried lots of different ways. Um, not clearly, none have worked particularly well yet, but the current one might. I don't know. I've not I've not there and looking at it just now. But what they had... The Germans have what we will not have. There are financial barriers to that. It's to some degree, but the clubs can do that. Clubs can. It's, it's only 
it's only facilities, it's only training pitches. Right. That's not that difficult. And by the way, that's the SS phase for going back 25, 30 years because they had the monies and times going by to go and put them that way. Yeah. I know I was on the boards <laughs> and tried to make it happen and didn't and wasn't allowed to make it happen, right? So the thing to, to implement facilities through Yeah, well, we used the Tory Glen place, yeah. right? That's fabulous, great, right? Just have them all over the country. Why have we not got them all over the country? Should be building them years ago. We had the finance to do it years ago. We misspent the finance on the wrong things. And I was fighting against it when I was, I was only there, in there for four years when I was at Motherwell and I was on various boards saying, don't do that. Don't spend the money on that. This is where you need the money to go. Couldn't get any buy-in. Really couldn't get any buy-in because everyone was fighting their own wee column, their own wee part. <clears throat> now you know that. Football fans in this country know that. They know that that's what happens with the suits where every wee club takes care of its own wee thing. Yep. And I was going in as Motherwell's representing saying, see that money that we're due? I don't want it. I want to put it in a central pot. I want to see hands and everybody else agreeing. Nothing. Nobody. Nobody. Now, we have to have buy-in at that level. Look at what the Germans done. Buy-in. Everyone bought in. Everyone bought in the concept. Clubs working together Clubs. for the good of the national team. Right? Yes. So they, if the Germans can do it, we can do it. To a small scale, but we can do it. Now, it's not just facilities. It's buying in programmes that we all do. But there's a perfectly reasonable argument the opposite way. If you are, say, I'll t- I'll just one club out of the top, first club that comes to my mind, see your Celtic. Why should we buy into that? We've got a perfectly good programme. We'll do our own programme. And by the way, we can get everybody coming to us because we're Celtic. Mm-hmm. Why should we buy into your programme just to help your thing? That's a, that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable and good argued defence. But if we don't have every single club and the whole nation buying in with everything together, we've no, we have very little chance of progressing to the level we want to progress. So, so this, a disconnect then between... The SPFL people have been trying to do it for a long time. SFL. People have been trying to do it for years and years and years. There are too many self-interests. Uh, too many you know, smaller clubs, bigger clubs, people on boards you know, that haven't, aren't there. I mean, I was there for four years. I had no interest in becoming an executive <laughs> at all. So uh, the, I'm not going to be pre- trying to get a job for myself in the future. No, I hated it. Mm. Right, so I'm not doing that. So it's easy for me to be this way, slightly holier than now, and I'll do the right thing. Because I'm not trying to take care of anything else other than the wider sphere of what the good of the game is. And I, and I understand that. It doesn't make me a saint, it just makes me not in the same ballpark as these people. But somehow, somewhere, we need to have the bigger picture. Now, I've seen that a few times. There's the other McLeish. Had you know had his yeah. principles and ideas, and they were all good. I remember talking to him about them, and I liked some of the ideas. But how how far he was not happy with the amount was pushed on. Um, this isn't something you can talk over in ten minutes. Yeah. This is um, you know a, a, a program that would need huge buy-in. Now remember, I'm, I'm not at liberty to give too much away, but remember the last guy who done that job before Malky. Brian McClare, he's yeah, one of my best he mates. He wasn't there for a while, yeah, was he? Yeah, he's one of my best mates, so I kind of know what's going on. <laughs> so I know from my time, from of late, now things might have changed. I'd be a liar to say if I know if they have or they haven't. There's a lot of people in Scottish football have got, they've got the right attitude, they've got a great attitude towards it, and they are really pushing it in the right ways. You need full buy-in, and I've not seen that. I see that more in England. I see the way they've 
changing structure of the academy system down there to what would suit um, producing elite talent. Uh, elite's a dirty word in Scotland. It's not football. Elites can't be a dirty word. Elite is an important word. And I'm coming from the lefty here. <laughs> Elite's important for sport. And we, we've given it a dirty sort of connotation. It's not. It's imperative that we have to make sure that the the elite is, trained, is, is taken care of in a certain way. You look at what the English are doing. It's amazing. Who needs to take the control of this, then the SFA, or do the clubs need to get their heads together on their, off their own accord? League, SFA, clubs... Who's going to bring it together? It needs an attitude. The attitude needs to be all. Okay. A few of the SFA, you'll say we do that. A few of the clubs, they'll say we do that. A few of the league, you'll say we do that. But do they? Well, the evidence would appear to be not hugely. <laughs> on that sour note, then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 can I don't end it in a sour note? In a positive <laughs> note. The positive note is... I'm desperately keen for us to do it. And every time we get a new young player comes through, you get hyper excited about mm-hmm. it. And you think, wow, we've got another one, we've got another one. But after, I'm getting on a bit now, but after 20, 30 years, I think, yeah, but there's always a big gap there. All right, <laughs> why have we not getting any centre-halves this time? <laughs> why have we not getting any centre-halves this time? And we've, got, oh, we've got four left-backs. and we've got, you know, It's one of them, like, every, it's, like, it's like a dam. We plug that one and then a bit skishes out in your face. Right. Um, but I'm still excited that every one of them kids yeah. came through. The young lad that played in the cup final, left by, uh, Scottish cup final there. Uh, yes. For Hearts. Oh my God, I was excited by him. I can't remember his name, shockingly. He was oh. good though, but unfortunately he's got Scotland and European champion mm-hmm. in front of him. Keen Tierney, who's probably going to get a move to the Premier League. That's not the worst thing at all. Robertson's done well. Mm. It's fine. Um, and Celtic will reuse the money well, which they always do. Celtic are brilliant at that. Um, but you can adapt, please. Yeah, I'm not convinced he can always needs to be left back. You know, Kieran can move slightly in. You can. We've tried to change it to three five two when you've got Kieran left centre back and Robertson up, and it didn't necessarily work brilliantly well the first times. But you can adapt. I, th- I think next best thing is right back for Tierney. I know he's very very left footed, but, but you take it, it's a bit. The analogy is someone I was talking to a few minutes ago to uh, the new owner of Hibs, which was Eden Hazard. Now, I watch Chelsea most weeks, and all those years watching Hazard, and every now and again you put him up at centre-forward. And in actual fact, Eden Hazard is a pretty good centre-forward, but he's an unbelievable left-winger. <laughs> yeah. So what you do is you take your best left-winger in the world, and you put him up and make it give him an average centre-forward. It's not a good, it's not a good idea. It's really generally not a good idea. So when we do move these guys, let's do we put Kieran, who's what a fabulous, fabulous international stroke, could be world class, and maybe as world class already left field back. You stick him with the right back; he's quite good. He's pretty good. He's good enough. He's not a national cut, but he's not mm-hmm. up there because he's not using that strength. But better there than on the bench, yeah. or would you yeah, rather? Yeah, it's true. That? It's true. It's true. It's, that's sad. Listen, and you may have to do that. You may have to do that, but it's mm-hmm. kind of saddening. I know. And the thing is, he can do it, but Robertson can't. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Anyway, yes. There you go. I mean, an hour and a half almost of chatting there. Just looking back at Scotland, I probably have to split this podcast into two parts. I did warn it. you beforehand. <laughs> you don't have not tell you half of the yeah. stories, but uh, it's my pleasure, and I hope you get something. Out of it. Yes, no. Thanks very much. Cheers.
Sports Social Podcast Network.